Thank you. Let's go to the book of uh, St. Matthew. It's good to see everybody this morning. I hope everybody has had a blessed week. And it certainly is good to see you in the house of the Lord. I want to give us a word of hope this morning. One that will also challenge us. But in the midst of the challenge, uh, God always wants to give us hope. We're going to be dealing with St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. And I'm going to deal with two things here. I'm going to deal with the ten virgins, and I'm also going to deal with the talents, the parables of the talents. Because they kind of like run coincide together. And what Jesus is doing here, Jesus is trying to bring forth to us, Jesus is trying to bring forth to us a, uh, a chance to understand more about the kingdom of heaven. Now, when Jesus created man, he sent his spirit when he breathed the breath of life into man. He sent what we call a virgin spirit, a spirit that has no identity outside of the realm of God. It was simply spirit. And he sent this virgin spirit into man to create what we call a living soul. Now this virgin spirit was given to man so that it could latch on to that living soul called man and grasp it and spiritualize it. Now, the effort was that God would be able to give that soul an identity of who he was through that virgin spirit that he had sent into him. A lot of times in life, what happens is, is that man disallows himself and disallows his soul to become part of that spiritualization which comes from the integrating of that virgin spirit that God blew into him, into his soul. So what happens is we come up with a situation of five foolish virgins and five wise virgins because what happens is, is that God wants that soul of ours to have an identity, a spiritual identity of itself and none other. That's why it says I'm going to give you a new name and nobody's going to know this name except the one that possesses it in the book of Revelation. So God wants to have a unique soul all by itself with its own identity in him. That's what God wants us to have. That's why everybody has their own gifts. And their gifts are tailored to the way God has made that particular individual. Man's soul gains experience through this earthly life that he goes through now. 
the pain, the suffering, the joy, the happiness, all of this, what it does is it formulates the person's identity without any type of experience. The soul of a person will not receive the identity that God has in store for it. So it's a wasted and aborted situation when a person is given life but never allows Jesus Christ to save their soul. It's an aborted situation because the whole situation with God creating man and making him a living soul is that man man's soul was to become qualified through what he goes through in this life being led by that virgin spirit that spirit that's in him and together they gain experience one gains experience in God while the other gains experience as it goes through this earthly life of experience so the two become united together and once that marriage, that union takes place, there is no separation in between them. That's why the soul of Jesus was encapsulated and will forever be encapsulated and joined together with the Christ spirit. You see, it's a difference from the man Jesus and what was in Jesus. You understand what I'm trying to say? It, it's a difference, you see. See, Jesus was a man. But it was was in Jesus. It was that Christ spirit. That was the God. That was the word. And it's the same with us. Did you not know that the word, every time somebody is saved or gets saved, that the word is continuing to become flesh? Every time somebody is saved, the word becomes flesh. The word becomes flesh. Where? In them. See, it doesn't stop. Remember the numbers? You can double up the nine. You can go two times nine. It's 18 and count it, and it becomes nine. You've got another one. And then you can double that or go three times with it. It's 27. And if you count the 27, you still come up with nine, which is the Christed man. But now, you, instead of having one or two Christed men, now you've got three. So it's all about multiplication. That's why he said, be fruitful and do what? Multiply. It's all about multiplication. You know, that's what it's all about. It's, it's not, and that's the same way it is about our knowledge. It's not about us staying the same. It's about us growing higher in this thing. That's why I keep pounding and pounding. And believe me, it hurts me when I have to preach hard. See, I don't want to preach hard today. Because I didn't get to sleep good last night because I had to preach hard last night at you. And I don't like doing that. You know, I go through things with that. You know, I do. I go through things. I, I'm challenged. I'm challenged by God, but I'm also challenged by myself when I have to do these things. You know, it hurts me. I have a problem with that. But ain't nothing I can do about it because God won't allow me to do nothing about it. You know, I'm trapped. You see, I don't have a choice. You see, it's not an easy job being a pastor, whether you've got a thousand or ten thousand or just twenty or whatever is in here, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Just like heaven rejoices over one that repents and be saved, 
doesn't make any difference. It don't but one gets saved. Heaven breaks out in the same level of praise as if 10,000 of us got saved. If it would have been Jesus, if he just only had to die for one, he still would have did it. Because that's the kind of God that we serve. That's how important we all are to him. You see, the problem is, is that we don't believe how important we are to God. Because we can't fathom, you know. Even the question is asked, what is man that thou art mindful of him? You know, I mean, who are we that God, a sovereign God, would could even, even consider us? But he does. He does. So the whole process of life in this earthly existence, this wilderness that we're in, is all about gaining knowledge and experience so that you come down as a virgin spirit, you go back as one experienced with a soul, with your own identity. So God, when Israel was going through the wilderness, we're Israel, all God was trying to show us spiritually in the Bible is not about some barbaric nation that he called out of Egypt to, to, to take them through some wilderness trying to get to some physical promised land. That was a spiritual thing. That's us now going through this wilderness of this earthly life so that we can get to the eternal abode of God, the promised land. That's the land that he has promised us. It's an eternal place. The land that God has promised us is eternal life. Okay? We don't want to abort that. We do not want to abort that mission. And, and, and we have to be very careful about ourselves that we don't abort that mission. The Bible tells us here that in verse 25, I mean chapter 25, verse 1, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. About three o'clock this morning, um, I woke up, and it's ironic that uh, most time when I wake up is at three o'clock, and I found out that I'm not the only one because Christine was talking to us last night. And ever since we told her about the lady, uh, the Winfro lady, uh, wife, you know, William Winfro's wife waking up, sending me an email and a card telling us about how she had woke up at 3 o'clock and she was praying for us. And that was some, some months ago when she said that. And, 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 you know, Christine caught that. And every time she's been waking up at 3 o'clock and she goes and gets her Bible because she said it's something in that 3 o'clock, which is in, in, that, in that specific watch. Uh, uh, at 3 o'clock is something in there, you know, so I started searching that last night when I woke up and, you know, I was tossing and turning and, and you know, and, and, and boo-hooing to God about, you know, having to preach hard at his people and stuff, you know, and God said, shut up, you know, so I'm laying there and I'm wrestling and stuff, you know, and I'm still not satisfied with shut up, you know what I'm saying, you know, I'm still feeling like I'm feeling, you know, so God says, look, he said, I have released something into the atmosphere over an in-house of destiny and, and, and the assembly here. He says, it's been released into the atmosphere, but there's only one instruction that I'm giving you to give them and that they're going to have to reach for it. That's all I know. That's all I know. I dare not go any further than that. But this Bible says, then shall the kingdom of heaven be like unto ten virgins. The kingdom of heaven is an actual place. We studied that. 
The kingdom of God is an actual place within us. The kingdom of heaven is a place, an actual place in eternity. The kingdom of God is an actual place in here. It's this kingdom of God that's inside of us that keeps us linked up with that kingdom of heaven that's in eternity, okay? That's how we stay is through this kingdom of God that's inside of us that God links us up with himself so that he can continue to take care of us because God has called us what we said before, a colony. And in a colony, we all know that the king always takes care of his community. So God is obligated to take care of us. So Jesus, he takes and he says, he says a parable about the kingdom of heaven. He says, this is what it's like. He says, it's like ten virgins. Well, we know that ten is supposedly unity, being unified. And we know that the virgins he's talking about are the souls who have been saved. We know that, right? And they took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom, their lamps being the word of God, because Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. So they took their lamp. See, in order to go and meet the bridegroom, we've got to take the word of God with us, right? You can't, you can't meet him no other way. There's just, there's just no other way. I wish it was, but it's not. The Bible says that they went forth to meet him when, and they took their lamps with them because they did have sense enough to know that they would need the word to go forth, you see. See, many of us get saved by this word, but along the way we make some mistakes that are fatal to us. <clears throat> All of us make mistakes, but some of us make fatal mistakes, like the five foolish ones. Verse 2 says, and five of them were wise, five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, but they made a big mistake. They didn't take no anointing with it, no oil. Well, many of us get saved by the word of God. We have the lamp, but we don't take no oil with us. There's no anointing of power. We don't take nothing with us. See, it's not enough just to get saved. It's some, some more stuff come with that, you know. Some more stuff come with that. Mm -hmm. Said he didn't take no all with him. Well, if you don't take no all with you, then how in God's name <clears throat> are you going to go meet the bridegroom? The only way that you can keep your light going is that you keep feeding that light off, right? That wick has to have a wet oil to it, the right kind of oil, or it'll go out, right? So what we have to do is we have to continue feeding ourselves 
on the word of God, right? The spiritual word. Not just any word because they had the word now. But they didn't take no oil with them. We're talking about having spiritual oil in the word that you get. Because if you don't have no spiritual oil in this word, in other words, if there's no revelations in this word, then you're not, you're not going to have nothing to keep shining because you see your oil going to go out. Because first of all, you didn't take none with you. So this is what they do. Verse 4 says, But the wives took oil in their vessels, which is their souls, with their lamps. See, when we receive this word, we're going to have to take the spiritual anointing that comes with this word. See, see, that's what's killing a bunch of people in the church, is that we're not taking that spiritual anointing. I keep trying to tell us church just ain't going to do it. But see, we won't, what, what is it that won't allow us, I guess it's experience. Maybe we're not being trapped off and beat up enough. I don't know what it is. But there is something that's causing the church not to receive the higher level of God's teaching. Well, after all, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to make it. He's not going to make it because he told, look, the journey too great. You got to rise and eat. You got to have something to eat, you know. You got to. So he says here in verse 4, but the wise took oil in their vessel with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. See, now all of us, I told y'all, disciples love to slumber and sleep. See, I told you there are some things that all of us do, but then there are some other things that's fatal. Like not taking no oil in your lamp. That's a fatal blow there. You see, see, it's all right to, 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 to sleep every once in a while, because it won't be long before you fall out the bed and it'll wake you up when you hit your head. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right. God, God got a way of doing that. To get you to fall out of that sleep you in. The Bible says that in verse 5, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and they all slept. But Luke 12, 40 says, Be ye therefore ready, I believe, for the Son of Man cometh out of hour that you think of not. I believe he says that. Luke 12, verse 40. Mm -hmm. Luke 12, 40. It tells us that. Be ready. In other words, be on your guard. Stop going to sleep. You know, we talked about what makes us, rocks us to sleep. The cares of the world. And the deceitfulness of riches. And the lust of other things in our end. Choke the word and causes it to be unfruitful. I think it's Mark 419, I think. See, that's what causes us to sleep. Because the word choked in us. 
more collective treatment. See, that's what happened. The cares of the world will weigh us down, people. But Jesus, through the, through, 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 through the uh, Apostle Paul, tells us over and over again we need to set our affections on things above. Stop thinking so low. Every time God tries to give us some daylight, just like I told you the other night, and I'm going to reiterate this. Every time God tries to give us some daylight, give us a little extra money, give us, we just act a fool because you know why? We got a poor folk mentality. It's a poverty mentality. We think we've been deprived. We think our children have been deprived. You're blessed to be alive. We, yeah, y'all hollering amen, but y'all know y'all ain't going to do what, what the words say. You're going to go right back and go to sleep again. Hollering amen, you going to go right back and go to sleep again. And do just what you just lied to God, because when you say amen, that means, God, I agree with you. In other words, me and you are all right on this. And then you go just and do just the opposite. Every time God try to give us some daylight and some freedom, we so poor-minded until we go right back into bondage. We put ourselves back in the bondage. God couldn't do nothing for us if he tried. He couldn't. I'm trying not to be mean this moment. God said, I want to bless you. Abundantly. I want to give it all to you, but if I do that, you'll kill yourself. Because I, I can see you can't even handle a little bit. You can't wait to put yourself back in bondage. Every time God tries to open up something, you think you got to take. And I done told y'all winter coming. <sighs> winter coming, church. Winter coming. I ain't talking about no weather out there. Look at verse 6. After they were sleeping and they were slumbering, because of what? The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of sin, the lust of riches and all these other things in and in. See, it, it rocks you to sleep. It'll put you to sleep. And then watch what it does. And at midnight, See, see, these cares of the world and these deceitfulness of riches and all of this stuff, see, it takes your eyes off watching for Jesus. You go to sleep. Now, you're in midnight. You're in, you're in adversity. You, you get, you, you, problems have come now, see. Problems that we've caused on ourselves because we were sleeping and because we were slumbering. But at the midnight cry, 
And at midnight, there was a cry made. See, right when we're going through our toughest times, right when we think that we done lost our unholy mind, right when we think that it's all over, there's no hope, no nothing. So we just lay down. And we, I'm just going to die. I'm just tired. And then the cry comes. That the bridegroom comes. In the 11th hour, we quit. We avoid the mission right at the door. Right when we get to the borders of Benishkanea, Right when we get there, we turn back and go the other way. And we're right there. All we got to do is cross them borders of Kadesh Barnea and walk on into the promised land. But because we see some things that we're not used to seeing, it scares us. And we say, man, we can't do that. But we look like grasshoppers in it, you know. You know, well, if you feel like you're a grasshopper, that's more likely that's what you're going to be. So instead of going on, you'd rather go back and die in the wilderness. Well, if you're going to die anyway, you might as well die fighting, don't you think? I mean, really? You think you're going to die anyway, so you say? But you might mess around and live. You might, you might go over there and get something that God has released in the atmosphere. This you might. But if you run from the atmosphere where he's released it at, then what? Ain't no chance. You're on your own. You're on your own. Church, don't ever listen to nobody that's not willing nor able to make your life better. And they try to take you away from where life is making it better. Y'all hear what I'm saying? That's the devil. It take a it take crazy person to listen to somebody that can't do nothing for you because they can't even do nothing for themselves. They done lost their happiness now. They trying to get you called misery, love what? Amen. Amen. And what the devil will do is at your lowest moment, that's when you start hearing things. Because after all, after 40 days, the man hadn't eaten. Where did Jesus hit him at? I mean, where did the devil hit him at? His lowest point. Where he was hungry. Man hungry after 40 days, ain't he? Jesus didn't, the devil didn't take him and show him all the glitter of the world. Not, not the first time. No, he got to get you where you're most vulnerable at. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you're hungry, you'll find out 
Now, I really ain't got as many problems as I think I got, except I'm hungry. I need to handle that first. Right or wrong? Anybody ever been hungry? I have. Boy, that's rough. Especially trying to lay down on it. Somebody going to do something? Well, I'm going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, boy, that thing hurt. It rough, ain't it, man? And don't have no younger and a wife and have to look at her like that. Let me be real. You know, that rough on the Huh? <laughs> Why are you grinning, my boy? <laughs> that real rough then. And then you go listen to some coyote that can't do nothing but mess you up. You know that ain't where you need to be. You know you need to just trust God and die. You need to go on back and do what you do. You need to go start selling drugs again. You know you don't know them talk to you like that, don't you? You know, you know, you know, you know to go back. You know, you know you go back over there. And you know, you can, you still got a few good years in you. You can get on that pole and still loop. <laughs> you still got two, three good more years, did you? Huh? No, I'm just saying how that thing works on you. Now, don't play with me up in here. Don't play with me. Don't play with me up in here now. Every one of us in here done done some things that we don't want nobody else to know. We had to do it in order to survive. If it get tough enough, you can't say what you'll do in the future. Especially if you ain't riding with no oil in your hands. I'm just going to talk to you this morning. Don't play on me. Don't play me now. So verse 6 saying, at midnight there was a cry made. And somebody said, behold, let me look. The bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Hmm. Look at Psalms 30 verse 5. This is hope. This is hope to God's church here. This is hope. Praise God for hope. 30 verse 5. When you get there, please say amen. Look here. For his anger endureth how long? But a moment. See, whatever it is, God ain't going to be mad at us but for a moment. In his favor is what? Life. He's going to be mad at us long enough so that he can do what he needs to do to us. You know. That's why he stirs that hard spirit up in me sometimes, just to make me crazy enough just for that moment. And then he brings back his favor. Well, see, I have to live with that. Y'all don't. Because I'm the one that had to do 
You see, God ain't going to come down out of heaven and do nothing. He's going to place it in his servants to do it. And that's why church leaders don't hold up the torch because they're not built hard enough to do what's necessary to be done. So they let a lot of unnecessary stuff go on that shouldn't be going on because they're not strong enough. I'm not saying be a tyrant, but I am saying be, be a man of God and stand on his word. And do, you, know. you might not understand it all, but the Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. You know, I'm going in my anger, it's only going to endure on you for a moment if you get it right. Then I'm going to bring in favor. He said, I release something in the atmosphere over this assembly. Now it's up to us to start searching and praying and seeing what are you saying? Where is it, Lord? And what do you need me to do? See, we need to get to praying and seeking. He said, seek, and ye shall find. Ask, and it shall be given. Knock, and the door shall be opened. But if he released the treasure, no treasure is ever found on top of the ground. This ain't Jed Clampett. When you're out hunting one day, you shoot a shotgun, and all of a sudden, crude oil starts bubbling up. Now you moving over there to Beverly Hill, but you still a mountain man. So you done moved into a mansion, but you still eating possum. <laughs> Say what? So verse 6 over here in Psalm 30, verse 6 says, In my prosperity I said I shall never be moved. While he was prospering, he made that commitment to God. You see? See, a lot of us don't make that commitment until we're doing bad. And then we tell lies to God. Yeah. But see, you got to learn to make a covenant with God in your prosperity. When God blesses you in a strong way, that's the time to make that commitment. That's the time. Don't make the commitment to God when things are going bad in your life. You don't say anything. <laughs> so God knows. He knows. Go back over to Matthew. Weeping. Although we were sleeping and we were tarrying, weeping. Only for a night. Enjoy. See, light can't come from darkness. The darkness flares in this realm. Why? Because of sin. Mm -hmm. So we always got to go through something before the light dawns on us. And then we go through something else, and then the light dawns on us again. Each time we go to another place in God. See, we can't keep going round and round chasing our tail on the same level of knowledge. See, because you get stir crazy like that. It won't be long before you get dizzy. And that's all you'll know to do. 
You won't be able to break that mold. You won't. See, this thing is all about going forward and up. And it's always steep. Climbing up with Especially climbing the stairway to heaven. And you're going to skin your knees and your nose and your forehead along the way. You're going to do that. Just like the old empty wagon we used to ride in going down, running down them, that, that old dirt road. That thing be hitting them up. Throw you off that wagon. No wagon, we'll run all over that old head. Don't not be all over. See, I'm a country boy. I come up like that. Skin all up. Not all because of that wagon. Threw me off. Well, that's life. It throw you off sometimes. Verse 7 says over here in St. Matthew chapter 25. Then all those virgins arose. Uh-oh. Sound like we're still talking about the resurrection. They arose from their sleep and they trimmed their lamps. In other words, that word trim means to put things in order. You see, what God is trying to tell us is that when we are waking out of our sleep, we first thing we need to do is put things in order. Did y'all catch that? Get some things in order that will qualify you to meet the Lord in the air. Look at Luke 12, 35 through 40. Let's see what what's going on here. I don't know what's going on here. Luke 12, 35. When you get there, please save me. Well, I might not get to the talents today, but that'll be all right. Are we there? Verse 35, Luke, St. Luke 12, verse 35 says, Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Do y'all see that there? Did you know that the loins being girded about means that you, God is telling us to uh, let our procreative power be held in check? Now, the procreative power is your sexual power that God has given you to create because that's the same power that God created. You see, what God did was God synthesized his power of creation and placed it in us as a sexual thing, which caused us to be fruitful and multiply and create, right? So we're co-created with God, right? Are y'all with me on that? Did you not know that you are little gods? And when two little gods get together, male and female, that creation takes place? Did you, you, you do understand that? Okay. So he's telling us to gird it up. Gird up that procreative power that I've given you. Hmm. And hold it in check. And let your lights burn. Do 
Gird it up and your lights burning. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. That means that that anointing. See, there's something about the anointing that has something to do with that sexual energy. There's a See, there's something to these things called eunuchs and celibacy. See, there's something in there. I know folks don't want to hear about it. talking about what you're saying, preacher. I'm saying that you need to zip it up. That's what I'm saying. Because it was never used for us to have fun with. We perverted it. That's right. That's right. It was used, it was given to us to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. It was never used and never intended to be used for us to have fun with. See, man is old pervert for all he is. Yeah. old pervert using stuff the wrong way all time messing up something can't get him to do nothing right God said you better go gird this up why would he say that why would you think 1 Corinthians 6.18 would say what it say go over there he said every sin that's committed is committed outside the body except the sin of fornication. You say, whosoever commits fornication sins against their own body. That's the same thing as whosoever defiles the temple of God, God himself will destroy. Because we're misusing that sexual power. And you start telling people about that, they say, oh, no, 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 that's not right. They start trying to wiggle out of it. You can't wiggle out of the word. The word is the word. Every sin. That's the true blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Every sin that's committed. Are we there? Is that what it said in 1 Corinthians 6.18? Ain't that what it said? Don't act like y'all. Don't act like y'all don't see it. I'm talking about them over here. They don't want to see it. Yeah, I want you to see it. I want everybody to see it. Act like it ain't there. I know what's there. You read it. So next time you get all crazy and hot and bothered, we all need to put ourselves in check. And it's hard. It's hard. So God said, okay, if what I'll do then, I, and then I messed up, so I'll, I'm, 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 I'm going to keep it okay in marriage. That's how, because I, I, I wrote for him to marry and to burn. That's what he said. Because now we done gone too far with it now, so it ain't no, ain't no turning back. So, so he said, look, okay, get married, because it's better to marry than to burn. Luke chapter 20. <clears throat> Verse 36, he says, And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for the Lord. Just like them virgins, right? 
when he will return from the wedding, that's that marriage feast, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. See, you won't have to be running all around the place talking, oh, the house ain't clean. Oh, the bridegroom's here. You got a clean house. Verse 37 says, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to me, and will come forth and serve them. Amen. And if he shall come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them so, blessed are those servants. And this know, in other words, know this, that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also for the Son of Man cometh at an hour that ye think not. He also said he comes like a thief in the night. He's a thief. He comes like one. So we got to be ready on this thing. I don't know why God, my wife said, I don't know why God is bringing this. But I can tell you this much. The end time, two ways. The end time can be collectively when he cracked the sky, or it can be individually when he jacked one of us up out of here. So he might just be trying to tell us something. Did y'all hear what I just said? I said, this is what I said. I said, the end time might not be collectively when he cracked that sky and take all of us, but he might be talking to us individually. I want to make sure everybody hear that. Because a lot of times we get, the devil knows how to distract us right when we need to hear what we need to hear and hurt us. That's why I got watchful eyes, because I'm the watchman over your soul. And I want to make sure you understand what God is saying about this situation. Life is not automatic. Not automatic. Matthew, 25th chapter. Verse 8. Are we there? And the foolish said unto the wise, Uh-oh. Give us of your oil. Oh, no. For our lamps have gone out. You see what people... You see what folk do? Folk will mess up theirs and then want to get yours. Now, you knew when you left to go through the wilderness of darkness, you needed the word, the lamp, and you needed some oil to burn the lamp. Because thy word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. You know that. Now, some of us, we get saved and we start out and we go ahead on and we get us some oil to go with this thing. Some anointing, some spiritual knowledge. But some of us, all we get is the letter of the word. The letter kill us, but the spirit makes alive, you see. See, see, some of us 
don't get beyond what they see on paper. They don't understand that what's on paper is a cover of what really is. Just like what I see is really not you. It's a covering. It's something inside of you that's the real you. And what we have to do is we have to see what it is. The true you. The true you. Instead of being caught up on outward appearance. We have to see what the real you is. You know. It's the same way this word is. We need to see what this the real word is saying. They're saying here that they want these people to get him some of their all. Verse 8, and the foolish said to the wife, give us of your all, mm, for our lamps are gone now. Well, hold up. I know you saw us when we bought the oil to take with us, but you didn't buy none. You figured, well, I'll pick it up along the way. You didn't know that there wasn't no other store open. You, 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 you didn't know that, did you? You didn't know that it was a long stretch from here to yonder. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about, well, I'll pick some up later, but you just kept riding and riding and riding and riding, but then, then the tank kept getting lower, the old light started going more and more out, more and more out, and ain't no place in sight that I can get off. Then you, then you, then you light flat line. Now you riding in darkness. You ain't got any guys in the back. You ain't got no street lights. And, and guess what come out at night? You in the desert. Probably you ain't got no light. You in a place of desert. You know what's in the desert? Rattlesnakes, scorpions, all kinds of things. And you don't know where you're walking. Am I making myself clear? So we get bit, don't we? Because of our walking in darkness. We get bit. And poisoned. And then we start being led by other voices that are in the dark. And they all bit up and chewed up too. Probably worse than you are because your life just went out. Ain't no telling how long they've been out. This better than I thought it was going to be. I'm liking it my own thing. Because it happened to me. Verse 9 says, But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. You see, what God is saying here, what God wants us to know is that we need to stop taking our good stuff and give to the people after we done told them what they need to do. We're not obligated no more to do that. Just like these virgins, because what's going to happen is it'll kill us. If we, you, you understand? 
Look, if we're going to be a family, let's be a family. But let's not play games back and forth. We're not going to do that. We can't do that. So not so. You go and you buy you some oil, Deacon Hill. You understand what I'm saying? You go, you buy you some oil. You know? Because you've been instructed to get your oil before you start on this journey. You've been instructed. Now you want to do it your way, then go ahead. Watch and see what your way gets. The only thing we obligated to do is preach this word. Give the people the instruction. Obedience is better than sacrifice. That's the only thing we obligated to do. Once we release the truth to the people, then it's up. Whosoever has the ear to give, let them give. Don't mean that we don't love, that's a lie. Everybody knows. Even those devils that left here know that we love them. That's all we did was love them. That's what we did wrong, love them too much. I have never in my life seen the kind of spirits that have come through trying to mess up this ministry. All because we stood on the word of God. It's incredible. But every time I lay down and I say, God, thank you. Because sometimes you're too close to the mirror. You just don't see the danger that's around you. And that's around your people. So thank God. Thank God. It says, you need to go and buy for yourself. Look at Philippians 2.12. <clears throat> Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Sound like going buy your all, buy you some all. Sound to me, buy your own. All you got to do is listen to the, to the word and instruction and then apply it. Start applying it. You won't be able to apply it all in one day, but start. But don't start taking the medicine and then stop. No, go by the instructions. Case in point, the glutamine thing. You know, we talk, we tell people the glutamine works. But see, people want to spend a whole lot of money on some old jack doctor, not like the woman with the issue of blood, and got worse. You know. And afterwards, she had to come to a simple thing called. Faith in Jesus. So God got a seven dollar bottle of natural substance that's done help me, done help you, and countless of other people because you took it. Did it help you? Did it help me? It had him thinking this man was having strokes. That's what the doctors were telling him. But the glutamine went on and did, analyzed it, diagnosed it just like it did me, and took care of the situation. See, we keep looking for these great big things, but I keep telling you, God is in the still voice. 
He's not in the $100,000. He's not in the $3 million building church, $20 million building church. No, no, no. In that little old house over there where they meet together. Where the three little old ladies at, they meet. He's over there. See, we always look for something big. Well, we're going to get something big. But it ain't going to be good. Because I keep telling you, he wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the fire, and he wasn't in the wind. But he was in a still water. Now come on out that cave where you can hear Elijah. Get out that cave. Lot. Well, you up in there too. Get out of there. Verse 10 says, and while they went to buy, look what happened. The bridegroom came. See, you done missed it. That's that fatal blow. I better read that again, too. I've seen some smiling faces on that. That means that they know that's the truth. And while they went to buy, they should have bought back there when they first got saved. Should have bought into it. Because now, the bridegroom's coming, and now they're trying to get their house in order. It's too late. He's already here. You're not ready. Now you got to run, oh, let me go and run out and get some oil. So they go, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was what? Shut. And the Bible says in the book of Revelation that God will shut a door that no man can open. The door was shut. While the foolish virgins, that's those five foolish souls, were going to buy after they realized that they couldn't jack you off wheels. <laughs> First they try to get yours. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Y'all want about 10 more minutes? I'll cut it off now. Now I'll tell you about these talents. For the kingdom of heaven, verse 14, is as a man traveling into a far country, that's Jesus, who called his own servants, that's us, and delivered unto them his goods. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 said we have these, this treasure in urban vessels, right? He placed that treasure in them. So what he did was, he gave them talents. In other words, uh, Ephesians 4, 8 says that he led captivity captive, and he distributed and gave gifts to men. Gifts, talents, Treasure. Every gift is a treasure. So he did that. As he ascended upon high, he gave gifts to men. Treasure. He placed these treasure, this, this treasure, in the earth of And the excellence is not of us, but it's of God, he said. So he gives one five talents. He gives one two talents. He gives one one talent. And notice what the Bible says here in verse uh, 15 of St. Matthew chapter 25, verse 15. 
And to one he gave five talents, to the another two, and to another one. Look what he does. To every man according to his several ability. And he took straightway, took his journey. In other words, he gave to every one of us in accordance to our ability. He ain't going to give you more than you can handle. That's why God won't do for some of us what he do on the level because we can't handle it. But he gives every one of us gifts in accordance to our ability because he made us, he knows what we can handle. But on every gift that he gave us, every talent that he gave us, he requires what we call interest. All loans come with interest being paid on it. Got it? Man with five talents, he knew his ability. That's why he gave him five in the beginning. He doubled it, didn't he? The man with two, he knew his ability. He doubled it, didn't he? And then here come the man with one. Why is it that the one with the least don't know what? That ought to be the one, like I said, every time, see, 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 that at one talent, a little bit of daylight, it's burning your pocket now. That one little talent. But you can't even take that. Now, what would you have done if he gave you the five? Oh, you really would have went crazy then, wouldn't you? Oh, you could. See, some of us, you can't hit in the butt with a red apple. <laughs> God gives some of us a Cadillac, you wouldn't even be able to sit on it without getting shot. Wouldn't be able to handle it. If God gave some of us a big bank account, we'd go crazy. Couldn't nobody talk to us? They call it Negro rich. For a better word. If God gave us a rack of suits, Could nobody tell you nothing. You'd be looking down on people and everything else. So what God does is, God knew the one that he did that one talent to wasn't going to do nothing with it. He knew that. Look what he does with it. Verse 18 said, But he that had received one, one talent, went and did what? Dig in the earth and hid the Lord's money. Don't we have this treasure in earth and vessel? This earth? How many of us have God given a talent to, or talents, and we dug in the earth and hid it? Buried it. Because we don't even know what we got. And he gave it to us. He told him. 
Now you go and you, because everything that God is about is about multiplication. You see, everything, multiply. In other words, make it grow. I've given you the power to make it grow. I've given you the power to produce. But every time I see, you're killing yourself. Where is your production? Your life ain't where it's supposed to be. Because those of us who are catching this word in the spirit are growing in God's grace. Everyone, I know the ones in here that is, and I know the ones in here that isn't. And I love all y'all the same, but the truth still remains. Some of us have hidden our talent. It's in there, and we've never tried to mine it and do anything with it. And when God come back, God says that verse 24, here he says, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not screwed. And I was afraid. See, that's our problem. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of love, power, and sound mind. So right here, let me show you now. Let me show you something about fear. How many of us in here are afraid? I ain't. Be honest now. You need to be honest. Okay. All right. I'm going to show you two things. I'm going to show you two things. First, I want you to go to 2 Timothy. And it's all right because we are honest in here. That's, how, that's, that's what we're about in here, that right there. That'll get you further with God and us than anything else, right there, being honest. Because I'll go to fight, for, I'll fight for an honest person. Thinking. Second Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. I want you to understand that first. But one of love, power, and sound mind, okay? That's what God has given us, children. He's not giving us a spirit of fear, okay? Now, I want you to go to Revelation 21.8. And I want you to see what happens to the fearful. Now, the man said that he was afraid with the talent, right? Y'all remember? He said, Lord, I know you're a hard man. In other words, man, you're like a gangster. You're, you're an extortioner. So I was afraid, he said. But the same one that came back to get the interest is the same one that said that the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear. <laughs> now look at Revelation 21 8. This is what's going to happen to the fearful. Now I'm not telling you this to make you fearful, but I'm telling you this because this is the truth. Do y'all read it? Have you read it? You see it? Revelation 21 8. Those that are afraid, do what God's going to do. But the fearful, you see it? And unbelieving, because to be fearful, that means you're unbelieving. And abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars. Got any liars up in here? He said, all liars. Y'all children better quit telling them lies. 
have, shall have their part where? In the lake of fire, including the brimstone. now. He said, they're going to have their part in the lake of fire and brimstone, with, with fire and brimstone, which burn them with uh, 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 fire and brimstone, which is the, I told y'all about that second death, he's going to wake you up and kill you again. And that ain't good. It's enough to die once, I'm telling you. Don't wake me up to kill me again. Don't do that to Or better yet, don't let me do that to myself. So he tells this guy, look here now. He said, verse 25, I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. In other words, you ain't earned no interest. It's still there where I or where God allowed you to put it and keep it. Verse 26 says, His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful, lazy servant. Some of us are lazy, just plain out lazy. We expect God to do something for us, but we don't want to do nothing. We ain't got no drive, but we want God to drive up to us in his limousine and open the door and let us get in and he just go right on off to glory. But we lazy. Now what God going to do with somebody lazy in heaven to do this? What are he going to do with you? Thou knewest that I reap where I sow not and gather where I have not strength. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, the bankers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with interest. That word ushering me, interest. Take therefore the talent from him. Take it. See, God's going to take it and going to give it to somebody else who's done more. See, see, I'm going to be, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell church folks something. I tell them, you say, where I go, they get pissed off. I say, it's a lot of people in the body of Christ. I can only speak for myself. You, you determine for yourself. I'm speaking for me. It's a lot of people in the body of Christ that bury their talent. And God has given me there and put it in my pocket. I can prove it in the word. I just read it to you. Forever take, verse 28, take therefore the talent from him, take it, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For much is given, much is required. You got to be faithful over this time. And God will bring it in. See, until this assembly get to the point where he can bless me with a salary. God blesses me every year with a pastoral salary. Every year. Every year. I got one to pick up October. I'm going to share it with him because I work for it. I work for it. And I want you and her to go with me to eat it. Because usually I take two people each year with me to get it. 
because I want you to show up, see another side of who I am as a man of God. Because y'all really don't know the level of what we're involved with. Just gonna let you see a few things. Just to see. Until you get ready. Until you're able to handle me financially. Because you're not able to handle me financially. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm expensive. Did you hear what I said? So I got to go and get some rich folk to handle me. Because I'm expensive. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm expensive. But guess what? You are too. And everybody in here. See, I picked up on my wealth a long time ago. Have you picked up on yours yet? The Word of God says that He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. All. I captured that a long time ago. I believe that. And because I believe it, I could reach into the atmosphere. Because God has anointed us with that power to call those things out that aren't as though they were. So I'll take the stroke of a pen and make folk that don't know me pay me. Just by the stroke of a pen. See, it ain't what you write and how you write it. It ain't, it ain't what you do. It's how you do it. You know. It ain't even what you know all the time. It's who you know. See, it's a mixture of all of that. I'm just trying to teach you some things. That's all I'm trying to do is show you how it works. Now, don't get mad. Because I'm boasting in the Lord. Don't get mad about that. Don't be a hater, as my girl will say. Where my girl at? Don't be a hater. Don't be a hater. But learn. Hang around and learn. Let me show you how it's done. But I got to get you ready first. You got to get ready first. You got to hang in. You got to trust God on this thing. And you can't get mad when God starts blessing one before he bless you. But you've got to rejoice because all of this is a test. See, you start getting jealous. See, you'll hurt what God is wanting to do in this assembly. In this assembly. But yes, I'm expensive. You need to know that. You need to know that. Because by you knowing it, maybe you'll understand how blessed you really are. And I thank God for all of y'all because I have never placed myself above any of y'all and I never will. Because it's an honor for me to serve you. 
But in my service to you, I expect an increase in your life. Amen. Just like God. I expect it. I don't like it when I stand up here and work for y'all and I don't see no increase in your life spiritually. I get angry with that because the devil is robbing you when you allow that to happen. So yes, I get angry about that. I get angry. If I was a hireling, I wouldn't care. But I'm not a high. But I still have to eat too. Amen. I still got bills to pay too. Yeah. I still do. And I thank God for looking over me and bringing me. I do. Amen. I really do. I thank God for looking over me. Yeah. But when the time comes, I pray to God that y'all will stand up to the fact that I've been worthy of my call here at House of Destiny Amen. in your life. Amen. I pray to God. I do. I really do. But I'm not going to allow myself to depend on it to the point at no time to where I can be hurt by any of I'm not going to do that. Because I'm like Paul. I'll go out and make some tents if I have to. Even though it's permissive and even though it's lawful for me to request adequate payment, all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient for me to do. That means that all things aren't self-serving. All things aren't needed to be done at this time. And that's one of the things that don't need to be done because right now what's needed to be done and I'm closing is that your souls need to continue to grow in the grace of God. That's the number one thing that I'm interested in and that's the only thing that I'll ever be interested in. Nothing else. Not interested in money. Not interested in none of that. None of your soul is the most valuable thing that I hold in my possession. Your soul. And every one of y'all on equal terms with me. And I start out sharing with you. The blind, the crippled, and the crazy. All of you. I love all of you. Because we got all kinds coming up in here. <laughs> see, they be in that chair. They don't. You can't see them, but I know the ones. I sit them in there spiritually. That's the crazy chair right there. I sit them in there spiritually. That way I can sit them in there and they don't get embarrassed because don't nobody see them but me and God and themselves because when they heard that word, I hit them. Bang! And I see them, I see them often over here. I see them in the spirit. They just, when that thing hit them, that's... I see them often right here. But that's the way God does it. Cut that off for me. Thank y'all. Appreciate you. Deacons, y'all come around, please.